Welcome to the City Light Podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn more about us as a church, you can always check us out online at citylightchurch.com. Coming up today, we're in the middle of our series called I Declare War. Many times in life, we find ourselves making poor decision after poor decision, becoming a version of ourselves that we simply don't want to be. In this series, we'll learn how to declare war on the version of ourselves that we don't want to be and live the life God truly intended us to be. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed today's message from the series, I Declare War. We're in the middle of a four-part series that we're calling I Declare War. And this series is based off of a great book written by a pastor out in Montana by the name of Levi Lusco. He wrote a book called I Declare War, Four Keys to Winning the Battle Within Yourself. We have these books for sale out in the lobby. We have a few more left. They've been selling like hotcakes. Uh, you could pick one of those up in the lobby if you would like, if you love reading. Uh, even if you don't like reading, you can still pick one up. Uh, and they're about 10 bucks. We don't make any do- uh, profit off these books. We just sell them to you at cost because I believe in getting good material in your hands and, and all that stuff. So it's a good, good book. But if you missed our first two weeks, let me just get you up to speed a little bit on where we're at and what we're, what's going on. And we've been talking about this idea that, that sometimes in life it feels like that the conflict that we can have and be up against is not just externally, not things on the outside, but a lot of times the conflict that we can deal with is internally. Like, like sometimes our greatest enemy is ourselves and, and some of the choices we make, decisions we make, things that we're doing. Sometimes we, we get to a place where we become a version of ourselves that we really don't like. Like we can make choices based on an environment we're in. We can respond certain ways in moments. We can do things and, and it can leave us saying questions or saying things like, why did I act like that? Like why did I do that? Why did I make that decision? at that moment of my life. I don't understand why I'm doing that. We talked about this whole idea that it's almost like the Bible talks about this old self and this new self are kind of in this battle, this fight that we want to overcome. We want to be the person that God has called us to be, but sometimes we don't make the decisions and do the things that we want to do. And if you've ever felt that way before, you're in good company. The Apostle Paul, who who wrote most of the New Testament, who was a man of God, I mean, planted churches, did so many things for God, he should have had this figured out by now. But in his letter to a church uh, in Rome, he said some things that were pretty revealing of this inner struggle that he was going on. In Romans chapter 7, it says this, excuse me, I don't really understand myself. I don't know if you've ever felt that way before. I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. He goes, and I know that nothing good lives in me. That's in this sinful nature he's talking about, this old self. He goes, I want to do what's right, but I can't. I want to do what's good, but I don't. I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. I don't know if anybody in this place can relate to the Apostle Paul today, But sometimes you can have that struggle where you're like, why did I do that? Why did I respond that way? Why in the world do I become this version of myself in this environment, at work, at home, wherever? I don't want to be that person, but I find myself constantly reverting back to this old self, this old nature, and I'm sick and tired of it. 
And we talked about like if you at a place where you've ever felt that way before, it's time to declare war on some things. Like you got to get that serious if you want to see some change in your life. And if you're sick and tired of allowing this old version to dominate yourself. So week one, we talked about this whole idea that it's time to declare war on our thoughts. That the Bible even talks about that the way we think actually is how we become. And so our thoughts are vitally important to, to the success of your life. And the Bible talks all all about thoughts a ton so it's not like a self-help thing no no this is a bible god help thing like this is important to understand that our thoughts matter last week we talked about another area that we need to declare war on and that was our words that sometimes we can be very cynical and negative and critical of everybody around us and, and including ourselves that we can be say some of the most critical things and and that our words are very important to what we say because our words will shape us, they'll shape our future, they'll shape our destination. And if we are constantly being negative, constantly being critical, we'll never become the person that we want to be or the person that God is calling us to be. And so today we're going to talk about another area that it's important to declare war on in our lives if we want to become the person that God has called us to be. I don't know if you're somebody out there that, that embraces technology at all. I don't know if you're somebody that likes technology, that's into it. But doesn't it kind of seem like the robots are taking over a little bit? Like, I don't know if you've noticed this, but... But like, like you can, like you can, Alexa now can like, can like lock your front door. She can turn on the thermostat at your house. She can do all these things if you got that. A Siri could send a text message for you while you're driving your car. You know, you can just say, hey Siri, and it'll start texting for you. And, and, if, and if while you're fine tuning that text message, which you shouldn't do while you're driving, by the way, but if you're somebody who's, who has that behavior and wants to correct that today, uh, you're, you're, in the new cars, they have this lane assistant thing now where if you start to drift, it'll actually put you back in between the lines and help you stay on task and going for the place you want to go. And, and, and if you're, you're going to accidentally like not paying attention because you are text messaging, uh, and, and if you're about to hit somebody in front of you, the intelligent brake system now will kind of stop you for you so you don't run into that person. It's, like, it's crazy to think about all the different things that are so automated in our life today. And for a lot of these things, they're great. They're so much fun. They make things so much more easier. You know, you don't have to remember things anymore. All you have to say is, hey, Siri, or okay, Google, help me out here. And, and they will remember things for you. It's so, so great. But the thing that I've been noticing is that it's not just the stuff externally that is getting more and more automated, but actually we are becoming more and more automated internally. It's pretty interesting. I've been do doing some research for this series and, and through the book, some great things that they found in here. But studies have shown now that, that literally that our responses to certain moments and our behaviors and certain things, how we respond to, to different emotional things that arise, you know, some different, how we respond to our spouse, how we respond to our kids, like how we talk to people in authority, all these things, like, like we're getting to a place where our responses 
are like these automated just behaviors that happen automatically now. Even this one study said that by the, by the mid-20s, our mid-20s, that we are becoming to a place where we are ingrained into our behaviors and our responses, and they are like setting in to our brain and our circuitry of our brain of how we're responding. So if you're happy, if you're more moody, if you're more cranky, whatever you are, it says by the mid-20s, like some of our responses are becoming so automated that they are ingrained into our brain. It's crazy to think that way. Uh, it reminds me of working with super glue. I hate working with super glue. I don't know if anybody ever hates working with super glue. I hate it because I get super glue everywhere. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I, my fingers get stuck together. Like, I get stuck to my kids, the dog. Like, super glue's everywhere. Every time I use super glue, and it's like, it's like permanent. I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't get this off. I got spending hours trying to get the residue off my fingers, and I hate it. I hate working with super glue. My wife told me this story that when, when she was in seventh grade, her brother, her older brother, had this great idea, this great prank that he was going to pull on my wife. He, he put super glue, true story, all over his hand, all over his hand. He ran up to my wife when she was in seventh grade, grabbed her hand, and said, now we're stuck together forever. <laughs> true story. True story. And sure enough, they were stuck. They could not separate. They couldn't get apart from each other. She said her mom spent hours and hours and hours trying to get them undone by using nail polish remover and whatever else, you know, turpentine, whatever, to get them unstuck because it was, they were stuck together. It's interesting to me that, that what the studies and researchers are showing is that our behaviors are becoming so automated they're becoming so conditioned inside of us that it's, it's like our behaviors, our responses to certain moments, certain situations. It's like they're being super glued into our brain. It's pretty interesting. That's why for me, as we get into this week three of I Declare War, I think it's so important to come to a place where, yes, we need to declare war on our thoughts. Yes, we need to declare war on our words. But we also need to declare war on our habits. Our habits. And we talked about habits a few weeks ago back in January, but I think it's something that we need to circle back around to because habits are so important. What we do shapes who we are becoming. And if our habits are negative, our habits are detrimental to our life, then we have to come to a place where we say, okay, I need to declare war on what I do, my habits that are being ingrained inside of me. The Apostle Paul wrote another letter to a church that had some issues, that had some bad habits, and he says this in 1 Thessalonians. He says this, You're sons of light, daughters of day. We live under wide open skies and know where we stand. So let's not sleepwalk through life like those others. Let's not just be in this automated response where our habits are just, they are what they are. This is who I am. He goes, no, 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 no. Don't just sleepwalk through life like those others. Let's keep our eyes open and be smart. People sleep at night and get drunk at night, but, but not us. Since we're creatures of the day, let's act like it. Walk out into the daylight sober, dressed in faith, love, and the hope of salvation. 
But God didn't set us up for, for an angry rejection, but for salvation by our master, Jesus Christ. He died for us, a death that triggered life. Where, wherever, where, whenever we're, wherever we're awake, or living, or asleep, or with the dead, he goes, listen, we are alive with him. I love that. He says, listen, he goes, you're, you're children of the light. And he, loves, he says, act like it. He goes, act like it. Sometimes our behaviors don't really line up with what we truly believe. Sometimes our behaviors and what we do and the things that we say and the, 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 that false version of ourselves that arises sometimes really contradicts a lot of the things that we correlate believe about ourselves and about God. And, and sometimes it's like, wow, why do I go that way? We have to understand that, listen, I'm not just going to allow my life to be dictated by my behaviors and my habits, but I'm going to let God do a transforming work inside of me because I'm not those things. I'm a, I'm a child of the day. I'm a child of God, and I'm going to walk these things out every single day. I'm going to start acting like, it, like, 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 like the word says. So my whole sermon really in just one sentence today is this, is, is our daily activity should come from a new identity in Christ. Like our, new, our, our daily activity should come from this new identity in who Jesus says that we are, who the God's word says we are. We're not those other things. We're something completely different. The Bible constantly uses this, this illustration of light and darkness and comparing good and evil. And it's so important for us to understand that's not who we are. We are, we are who God says we are, not who I think I am, not who my friends think I am, not who parents said I was. I'm who God says I am. I'm dressed in faith, full of hope. I'm ready for whatever may come my way. One of my favorite lines in, in any movie is from an old Star Wars movie, uh, and it says this, uh, from young Anakin Skywalker. He said this, he said, R2, Get us off autopilot. It's going to get us both killed. Like, I love that line. It's in when young Anakin's driving and he's got autopilot on. He's like, wait, wait, wait. I, I, or, autopilot's going to kill us. I got to get off this. I, I got to give me back the controls. I, I got to really go forward in life. Have you ever uh, gotten into your driveway and, and snapped out of a haze that you were in and realized I have no idea. I don't remember the drive home at all. Like, have you ever experienced that before? Where you're like, like I, I, whether it's I drive to the gym or drive to the grocery store or going certain places, sometimes you can get there and you're like, I don't remember anything about my drive today. Like, what? That's kind of scary a little bit. Like, and, and researchers have found that when you're doing a habit over and over and over again, your brain actually kicks into like an autopilot mode. Your brain says, oh, I know where we're going. We're going to work today. We're going to the gym today. We're going to the grocery store. I got it from here. Turn the radio up. Have fun. Put your feet back. I've got it from here. Literally, your brain goes into an autopilot mode. Have you ever noticed, though, like if, if you ever get turned around or you're in a traffic jam or something, like all of a sudden, it's like first thing you do is turn the radio down. Like, hey, hey, turn, hey, turn the radio down. Turn the radio down. Like, like, why do we turn the radio down when all of a sudden we're driving and we're kind of, like, stressed a little bit? Like, the first thing, turn, turn the radio down. Turn the radio down. Turn the radio down. Like, why do we do that? Like, what? And researchers have found that we do that because our brain needs a little bit more space to get off autopilot, to start reengaging, start focusing on what's around us and actually have a problem-solving moment to say, okay, here we got to get off autopilot. We got to think about what we're doing. Duke University actually had a study 
that said 45% of our daily actions are just our habits. They're just, we're just running through autopilot. 45% of what we do on a day-in, day-out basis is just on autopilot. So that means almost half of our day, we really aren't focusing on what we're doing. We're running through this automated ritual that's baked into our brain, that's, that's kind of super glued into our brain. And, and sometimes these, these habits that we have, sometimes they're because of experiences that we've had. Sometimes maybe you've had a, a bad experience with, with something and so you respond a certain way. Or, or maybe it's because your parents did something a certain way, so your habit is to do whatever your parents did. Or maybe we have a certain response to when we experience pain in some way. So we, we have this response. And they're automated that we have. Sometimes you can, you can stop by McDonald's after work one day because you, you had a bad day and you need the empty carbs to just kind of take your mind off of things. That can be a response that, that you do to a bad day. Sometimes people can say, you know what, I'm, I'm stressed out at work, so I'm going to have a, a drink or two at lunch because I need something to cope with. And that's my response to do that. And so we can do certain things that are just this automated response, but little by little, our choices are are making us. We make choices, but then our choices make us. And all the habits that we allow in our life are going to determine who we will become tomorrow. So our habits are so vitally important. I know some of you in this place today are probably like, man, I love change. I love, I love change. I want to change. I want to get some things changing in my life. I'm ready. Come on, Pastor, let's do this. And then there's probably others of you in this place that are like, you know what, that's great, Pastor, but the, the things I'm doing, the things that I'm thinking, my habits, they're ingrained. They're just super glued. I can't change. There's just no way I can change some things I do. That's just the way I am. This is it. This is my lot in life. I'm always going to respond that way. That's just me. And if you're thinking that way today, I want to give you a verse that will encourage you, I hope. In Psalms chapter 18, it says this. It says, you, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. So if you feel like you got darkness right now, maybe a habit that you said, I just can't get over this one. This is just how I respond. He says, listen, he goes, God will turn your darkness into light. He goes, with your help, I can advance against any troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. This is the man that wrote this, but it was named David. And and David was a guy that God used in a tremendous way in the Old Testament. But David wasn't just talking about an army he was facing or a wall he had to climb up. He's talking about something that seems insurmountable, that's something in front of you that you're like, I can't change, I can't do this. It's impossible for me to scale that wall. I can't advance in that troop. But listen, the Bible says, listen, when you have God and he is helping you, it doesn't matter what may be in front of you, that with God's help and his strength and his power, you can begin to move forward against anything that's in front of you. Anything that's, that seems too high to scale, with God's help, you can scale any wall because, listen, God will turn your darkness into light. So don't sit there today, please, and think, I can't change, Pastor, because that is not what God's Word says. God's Word says, no, 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 I'll turn anything into light. I'll take your situation and do something amazing with it. I can help you advance and keep moving forward against any obstacle that you might be facing. So how do we put this into practice today? How do we actually move forward? How do we, how do we declare war on our habits? 
Like, because some, maybe some of you in here, you're like, I've tried this. I did the New Year's resolution thing a while back past year. That was great for two weeks. And then I was right back to my old self. Like, I can't change. How do we, how do, we do this in a practical sense? Well, I want to read to you a, a poem that a friend gave me a long time ago that has stuck with me my whole life. And some of the principles that I've found in this poem and through God's word, I've applied to my life and I've tried my best and I've seen it work. And so I want to read this for you because I thought it was so good back when I was in high school. And I think it stands the test of time. It says this. It says, two natures beat within my chest. One cursed, another blessed. One I love, one I hate. The one I feed will dominate. The one I feed will dominate. I thought that was so good. And if you're taking notes this morning, I'd love to give you just two ideas to help you overcome the habits that maybe are entrenched inside of you, that are super glued to your brain and you're just on automated response and you can't get off autopilot. Let me give you just two things today to help you because it's helped me in my life. Number one, ask the question, what do I need to starve? If what I feed will dominate, what do I need to starve in my life that's killing me? What do I need to to starve in my life that's taking me to become this version of myself that I can't stand? What do I need to starve in my life that's really hurting me and where I got to say enough is enough. I'm not going to go there no more. I'm not going to let that be uh, in my life anymore. But I'm I'm allowing God to do a work in me and I got to come to a place where I let that starve. See, only you can answer that question today. Only you can, God can help point it out for you. God can say as you're sitting there, here it is. I'm going to put it, like, I love you. This is it. But God doesn't condemn you. He doesn't, he doesn't lord it over you. I mean, God just says, here's some areas that maybe you need to work on. And I'm going to give you the strength and the power to help you overcome it. Like, God doesn't sit there and judge you, make you feel horrible. God says, here's some areas that I think you need to change. And with my help, you can change in those areas. Where you gotta say, I gotta, you, you can only answer that question today. What do I need to starve? What can I do to see God do a work inside of me because I know it's killing me? I love what Romans says this in chapter six. He says, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourself to God. For sin shall no longer be your master. I love that. And now some of our habits today, they may be sinful, but maybe there's some of our habits that we just don't like about ourselves. Maybe they wouldn't be classified as, as sin, but maybe they're still mastering you. They're lording over you. And I just believe with all my heart that if you have to, if there's something mastering you that you just can't stand, it's time to begin to starve some things and let God do a work inside of you. Look what Galatians says in chapter 5. It says, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. He says, let's get that serious. He goes, that when we're Jesus followers, he goes, we're, we're, we're going to crucify that old nature, that old self, its passions, the things that it wants to do, its desires that it wants to do. We're going to get so serious. We're declaring war, but man, he says, we're crucifying those things. And so we don't let those things control us, master us any longer. Because whatever I starve, it dies. Whatever I starve dies. But number two, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. What do I need to feed? Here's the other question. What do I need 
to start feeding. What do I need to start feeding? I love what Romans 12, 2 in the message paraphrase, it says this. It says, fix your attention on God. What would it look like if you said, you know what? I'm going to come off autopilot. I know 45% of my day is on autopilot, but I'm going to, I'm going to allow God to come off, my, uh, off autopilot. I'm going to turn the radio down a little bit in my life, and I'm going to begin to focus and re-engage, and I'm going to fix my attention on God. What would happen? Well, he answers himself. He says, listen, he goes, you'll be changed from the inside out. He says, listen, when you fix your attention on God, those habits, those things that you despise about yourself, because you'll be changed from the inside out. I can't express to you this morning how bad I want that for you. Where you see a God, the, the God of creation, Jesus doing a work inside of you. Where you say, I once was this way, but I've allowed the spirit of God to change. He's changed me from the inside out. And I love it. He goes, readily recognize what he wants from you. And I love this. And quickly respond to it. What does that mean? It means that sometimes we can sit there and think about it a little bit too long. Like God can say, hey, here's some areas that I want to lead you in. Here's some areas I want you to grow in. Here's some areas. And then we can sometimes get there and just, I don't know, I think about that. God, I, I got to debate about it a little bit in our minds. We got, oh, this is going to affect this. And, you know, like, what are they going to think? And, and he says, no, 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 don't do that. He goes, recognize what God wants to do. And then just do it quickly. Like move forward in it. Don't sit there. Don't wait. Don't contemplate. He goes, no, no, move forward in what God wants for you to do. Respond to it quickly. He goes, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. I can understand that. God brings the best out of you. Come on, somebody. Like, God will bring the best out of you when you begin to fix your attention on him and begin to feed yourself with the things of God. He's always going to bring the best out of you. He's always going to bring the person that he's called you to be out of you. If you allow him to do a work inside of you, that's what he says he'll do. He goes, listen, we'll develop a well-formed maturity inside of each and every single one of us. Like, that's what God wants to do. Like, I love it that the Bible says that, come on, taste and see that the Lord is good. Like, he's saying, he goes, I dare you to try it. Try me. Try God. He says, and you're going to see that I'm good. I'll always bring out the best in you. I'm never going to hurt you. I'm never going to lead you to a place that puts you in a a weird situation. He goes, I'm always going to bring out the best in you. So let me ask you one more question. And I ask this question to you a lot because I think it's vitally important for all of us. And that is, okay, if I gotta start feeding something, if I gotta, if I gotta feed myself, or what am I feeding? Then what spiritual steps do I need to start taking right now? What spiritual steps do I need to start moving forward? And if, I want, if, if what I feed's gonna dominate, what do I need to start feeding? What spiritual steps do I need to take? Maybe for some of us in this room today, Maybe it's time to actually surrender your life and give control to Jesus. Maybe it's time to allow Jesus to come in and to all the areas that maybe you've never let anybody come into. Maybe it's time to let Jesus into the areas that you've hurt. Maybe somebody hurt you bad. Maybe you got pain. Maybe you got some doubts. Maybe you got some questions. Maybe you're very untrusting of church and this whole thing and 
But maybe it's time to say, okay, God, I give up. I'm, I'm letting you in. I'm gonna taste and see. I'm gonna taste. And he says, I'll bring out the best in you if you allow that. Maybe it's time for somebody in this room to say, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give my life to Jesus. Maybe for others, a spiritual step for you is, the Bible says that if you're a Jesus follower, that the very next step that you should do after you receive Christ as Lord is be water baptized. The Bible says that. He says, listen, he goes, there's, there's, let me tell you, be saved, be baptized, and be filled with the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. Like, like there's an order, and the order is important. He says, you should, you should get baptized because it's so vitally important. Because here's the, the key of baptism, which I love. Maybe you're here today, and you're like, I struggle with that old self. I struggle with that old person. And maybe it's because you've never been baptized or never had a significant baptism experience because baptism is all about saying, I was this way, but I'm going down into the water. The water represents the Holy Spirit. It represents God, and I'm coming out different. Like that old person is no longer here, but I'm actually coming out new again. Like, like I love it. Back in the old days, they used to wear these old, like, rags. They'd be, when they go to, bapti- to get baptized, and they'd wear these new white rags underneath of it, nice white clothes underneath of it and that they used to do is they would get baptized and then they'd take off the old garment the old nasty rags and they let the old rags float down the river I know it's not environmentally friendly but that's what they used to do back in the day and it was a whole symbolization of I'm not that person anymore I'm not that person anymore. That person's gone down the river. I'm somebody new now in Christ. This is my new identity in him. If you're here today and you've never been baptized or you've never had a significant baptism experience, it's time. It's absolutely time. People ask me all the time, they say, Pastor, I was baptized when I was little, when I was a baby or a child. Do I really need to do that again? And I I tell them all the time, I say, listen, did you know what you were doing? That's the question. Did you know what you were doing then? Because in the Bible, we have 27 recorded baptisms, water baptisms, in the Bible, and they are all post-decision with Jesus. So they, they, they gave their life to Christ, they believed, and then they got baptized, not the other way around. See, baptism doesn't save you. It doesn't get you into heaven. Only Jesus gets you into heaven. Only believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved. Scripture says it's so clear. But he says, listen, there's an order to it. Be be saved, be baptized, and then be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you've never been baptized or you've never had a significant experience, you can get your cell phone out right now. It's okay to do that in church today. You get your cell phone out and you can text our number, 248-714-0606. I think we have it on the screen, Daryl. And, and you can text the two words, all in, all in. Text it to that. And then you can, and then they'll send you a, a form that you can fill out real quick to sign up to be water baptized. Here's the deal. Know what God wants from you and, and be ready to do it quickly. Like, don't sit there, do I need to be baptized? Should I do it? What am I, I don't know. What am I going to wear? What, what's the, where is it going to be at? Oh my God. Like, all these questions can prevent you from taking spiritual steps that God wants you to do. Maybe for others of us in this place today, maybe their spiritual step is to finally take that growth track that we talk about every single week and say, okay, I'm going to do the growth track finally. I'm going to learn how God's made me because it's so important. The growth track, we do this every single week. It happens always during the second service because we want to help you understand how God created you. 
Like, I think there's so many people in our world today, Christians, who just, like, they don't know, like, what God wants them to do. They don't know what God's made them. We say all the time, your design reveals your destiny. When you understand how God's made you, it will point to the direction that God wants you to do in this world, on this earth. He's got a plan for you to do something great, but you got to understand how he made you to begin to go do it. That's what we want to help you do. Take the growth track. It's an amazing thing. Another thing, maybe a spiritual step for somebody else is to get to a place where you join a city group. Maybe it's time to surround yourself with people, with friends who are actually speaking life into you, not death. Maybe it's actually surrounding yourself with people who, who love you and care about you and, and actually will build you up when you're going through life's difficult moments. And you stop doing this life all on your own, but you surround yourself with spiritual people who love you and, and care about you. Like Maybe that's the next step for you to do. There's so many spiritual steps that you could take. Maybe it's time to lead a group. Maybe it's time to step up and lead in the church. Maybe it's time to start leading your family in a greater capacity. Maybe it's time to start doing a a devotional with your kids at nighttime and getting the Bible out. And Maybe it's time to start praying over your family and, and praying together. I don't know what it is for you, but there's so many things that we can do and say, okay, what is my next spiritual step that I need to take? Because whatever I feed Man, it's, it's, it's important. It's important because there's the deal. Whatever I starve dies, but whatever I feed thrives. Whatever I feed is going to thrive. So what are we feeding? Let's take some moments this, this day. See, I'm declaring war on the habits, the things that are, that are distracting me, taking me further away from the person that I want to be. And I'm going to start feeding myself what God has for me. I'm going to start feeding me a a, a strict diet of Jesus and what he wants to do in my life. And I'm going to see, I'm going to recognize that what he wants me to do, I'm going to move quickly on it. And I'm going to walk out differently. I'm 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 going to see things differently because I'm not going to let that old person rise up any longer because I have a new identity in Christ Jesus. The old is gone, new has come. I'm declaring war to be the person God has called me to be. Let's stand today as we close.